now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that is me along with Captain Dennis. We're your crew for Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. Uh, now, Dennis is a flight instructor, and if he's checked my records, he knows that I made some progress on my flight training. Did you uh, check the numbers? Did you see they they popped up a few uh, percentage points I there? I actually hadn't looked at it before the show today because I was you know chastised me last week that you hadn't done anything. Right. So you know what was going to change between now and then? Well, I so. told you I was going to do it, and I did it. I, I it's uh, you know check it. It's uh, ticked up a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. I've made a little bit of progress on my flight training. My ground school with sporties. Well, uh, that's good because yeah. I was threatening to uh, you know, get you one of those little pedal planes that they have at AirVenture because that was going to be the only thing you're going to fly if you don't get working on it. Well, this. that'd be kind of fun. Uh, you know, I could make one of those old-timey uh, videos, and it'll probably go viral on YouTube of me jumping off the, what, off the top of a building and pedaling real fast and then pew, that's the pow. that's the uh, red bull flugentag or okay, something like that okay one of those that. yeah yeah but, but uh, uh, yep i'm impressed you're up to 39% so right. you're you're definitely making some progress here you're past the the beginning of the first solo section so that's I, yeah. good the way i look at it i'm uh, halfway to passing <laughs> <laughs> maybe well, i don't know how you, it depends on how you look at it but hey no, hopefully the stuff is getting more interesting. I mean, I'm looking at what you got coming up. We're getting into weather and runway safety. And, right. Uh, you better know the phonetic alphabet by now. Oh, uh, yeah. So, Alpha, beta, uh, uh, cuckoo. You already failed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, dog. Let's go back to the start. All right. Well, you know what? Uh, let's just focus on flying commercial until I get all that other stuff done. We got a lot of stuff to cover today when it comes to uh, the latest aviation news and information that we generally touch on here at just plain radio one of them uh you know i I got a pitch for a guest i I, you know when we get this constantly here at headquarters from uh, people that want to come on the show and claim to be experts and things like that and that's fine we we do talk to quite a few of them but we are bombarded with them it is ridiculous how many people uh you know want to come on and and say how you know how they know what's going on and and for a topic like this i don't think you need to be an expert and that is it was a, a pitch about bringing on an expert who specializes on aircraft uh, or commercial aircraft seating size and, and, human factors and ergonomics in specific okay that sounds i guess more scientific and more you know like you more like you would hear from an expert but hey look isn't it just about uh the size of the seats uh, seem to getting getting smaller or is America's asses getting bigger? I think it's the latter. <laughs> uh, it's definitely the latter because yeah. the 737 hasn't changed fuselage size since they built the first one back in the 50s. But what they have done is stretched it and, you know, crammed the rows in a lot tighter than the uh, than they were back in the 60s. So it is definitely a lot harder to get in and out. And then you have somebody recline the seat in front of you and in an emergency. Oh, that's a whole yeah, different thing. Yeah, no, that's no, no. Dennis's it's pet still peeve. relevant here. 
Well, if that I, middle seat's lean back, you ain't getting out in a hurry, that's for sure. Well, that that may be. But, uh, yeah, the, some of the data is showing that for every uh, decade, uh, Americans' uh, buttocks has widened by, like, 10 or 20 percent or something. I don't know. Over the last 40, 50 years. And so, uh, uh, the, so the aircraft saying, seat sites has not kept up with those dimensions, evidently. So, so really what we need to do is scrap the 737 and take 767s and make them into a single-aisle airplane with wider seats okay. than for everybody. I'm down. Uh, yeah. but, uh, I would love that, but you know, I, I don't think the airline that. industry is going to go along with that though, because you have companies like, uh, spirit, which thankfully is going to go away, hopefully here with the jet blue acquisition. Um, but, uh, you know, they try to pack them in as tight as they can. Ryanair over in Europe is, uh, doing the same. It's like whatever they can do to put an extra row or two of seats in there, they're going to do it. And if that means <laughs> that you're going to have to sit on your knees or something, I think they would get away with it. Uh, maybe. I mean, there was talk of them uh, setting up some weight uh, maximums that they were going to allow. And, and, you know, that just creates all kinds of other problems for discrimination. There were some patents floating around. I think think we talked about them a while ago where they were going to get rid of the seat itself and replace it with something similar to a bicycle seat where you could basically partially sit on the seat and you're in, you know, be like more like sitting on a bar stool instead of sitting in a chair. So right. you're up high and you know, that would allow them to put even more rows in uh, yeah, all it's sorts nuts. of crazy ideas. Uh, th- yeah. They're trying to fit more people in, but just when it comes to the width of the seats, that hasn't changed evidently since the late nineties. And uh, the FAA is taking public comment right now through November about possibly modifying the requirements of seat size uh, and, and that kind of thing. So it, it is being discussed and looked at by the FAA. But, but I, I just wonder, like, how much discussion do you have to have? It's either you're going to force the airlines to make their seats bigger or you're going to let them, you know, uh, go about go about it as they see fit uh, from a market standpoint. And, you know, I guess you'll pay for what you get. You know, maybe they start charging by the inch. But uh but well, I think when it, they start putting a scale on the jetway or as you check in and you, they're going to charge by the pound for you getting yeah, on the plane. Yeah, fat shaming. It's coming or it's already came and, and went. But uh, yeah, yeah, all the woke folks are going to keep that from happening. I have a feeling. So I, I don't know. I think the FAA is probably going to come out with some new, you know, recommendations or requirements of seat size. They'll probably blame it on like, well, you have to do this because it's going to make the, uh, the plane safer if there's an emergency and, the seats are too small and the fat guy can't get out and block the exit. That's going to be a problem. So we're going to force you to make the seats bigger. And, and you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing. I'd like to see bigger seats, but I don't think you have to have any kind of research or science to back it up to know that uh, the seats need to be a little bit bigger. Uh, and we're getting a little bit bigger. So you might as well make the seats bigger and figure out a way to make it work. And uh, I, I think uh, that would be better for everyone. The trick is, obviously... Uh, you know, trying to keep the the prices down. They're already going through the roof right now. And that's where the low-cost carriers are coming in there and swooping up some business. And it looks very, very attractive until you get in there and your seat doesn't recline and you're squeezed up against a 300-pounder. You're like, oh, crap. If I only would have paid the extra 75 bucks. Well, and don't uh, don't overlook the, the mainline carriers because they may be the the low cost carrier might be extremely attractive, but by the time you pay for each of the bags you check and your carry on bag and pay for your soda and the bathroom visit, if they could get away with it, yeah, 
uh, you know, basic economy over at Delta is looking pretty attractive too. Yes. Uh, but even that has its downsides as oh, my definitely. children just found out on their most recent trip. Uh, they, they got window seats with no windows. Mm, okay. <laughs> that's, that's depressing. It is. Yeah. I, I always check a uh, seatguru.com when I'm booking my uh, seats on any airline. So I know exactly what I'm going to get. <laughs> and they kind of flag those. Uh, seats that are like hey it looks good looks like a window seat no window <laughs> or and again that that's going back to the whole point of you know the basic economy that's the really cheap like a delta ticket mm-hmm. you don't get to pick your seat that's right. one of the one of the things you give up and so yeah. which seat are you going to get the crappy desirable seats yeah. yes yeah but there you know there's ways to kind of upgrade it accordingly yeah i mean it, you get what you pay for to a certain extent i think you do I mean, uh, you know, when it comes to low cost carriers, like you said, it's they look extremely, uh, you know, uh, you know, valuable. I mean, some of the deals oh, yeah. are crazy. Thirty nine dollar airfare from Minneapolis to Fort Myers. I mean, I I can't even start the airplane and taxi out for thirty nine dollars worth of ab gas yeah, right now. It's nuts. You can, it's tempting. You, you and you know, it's hard to pass up sometimes. But you know what? You kind of get what you pay for. And I, I always warn people, like, look, you know. If you're extremely flexible and you don't mind getting stuck here and there, and uh, uh, now by extremely flexible, you mean that's how you fit in the seat? Well, maybe a little bit of both. I mean, uh, I got a story about some family members that I had to pick up at two o'clock in the morning that I was supposed to pick up at seven p.m. and that was not good for them, let alone me, since I had to pick them up. And we'll talk about that and more next on Just Plain Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Gators approach the great and powerful Rose. Uh, Dennis, uh, Hangar 18 down the street. Smilings! The great and powerful Roz knows why you have come. Okay, uh, some spark plug wires and washers for my Mooney 201. Silence! The magnificent Roz has every intention of granting your request. Great! But first, you must prove yourself worthy by bringing me a stick from a Cirrus Vision Jet. You know, I'm not a fan of the whole flying monkey thing. I think I'm going to call aircraft spruce and specialty. Oh, okay, you got me. Uh, just a man behind the curtain with a aircraft spruce catalog. Pretty cool, though, huh? You don't need a wizard to find parts for your plane. You need Aircraft Spruce and Specialty. Supplying the aviation industry for over 50 years. Aircraft Spruce and Specialty. Call 877-4-SPRUCE. 877-4-SPRUCE or go to aircraftspruce.com. That's aircraftspruce.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. 
go to JustPlainRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Flight is a scientific impossibility. And even if it weren't, why fly? Where would it get you? I will fly. I will fly. I will fly. This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor Copilot. That's me, along Captain Dennis. All right, so uh, I had some family members fly in uh, on one of the cheap carriers. I don't even want to say their name because, you know, it didn't go. Well, I, let me put it this way it went exactly how I warned them it could go. So <laughs> you, is, you don't have any allegiance to this aircraft uh, carrier? Okay, exactly. That's a pretty good idea or a good uh, way to describe it. But, uh, you know, uh, they got a good deal, and I said, yes, it sounds like a great deal, but I said, you know, if you expect to be here by this time and get back at this time and expect to be on schedule, uh, you're rolling the dice. And sure enough, they got up to their destination fine, but when they came back, oh, crap. I had to go pick them up at 2 o'clock in the morning. I was not happy about that. They were obviously grumpy. Because they got stuck in the airport for about four or five extra hours than they planned. And, uh, you know, but uh, but they got a good deal. The price was right. You know, but the next day was hell. So, you know, you you kind of get what you pay for sometimes. And, and the problem with the low-cost carriers from that standpoint, from a scheduling standpoint that I see constantly, is that all the airlines are having problems right now. You see all the news media covering how many cancellations there were this past weekend, that kind of thing. It's nuts, you know, whether it's, you know, lack of staff or tower control people or, or you know, God knows what. The excuses are just too numerous to even go over again. But uh, they're, they're all suffering. But the reality is the low-cost carriers don't have much to fall back on when things go south on them. So when they have a slight mechanical that delays a plane or, uh, you know, grounds it for a little bit and they got to pull in another plane or, you know, move some stuff around, they don't have as many puzzle pieces or chess pieces to play around and move things around to get things back on track uh, for the end user customer. And I see it over and over again, and I hate being in that scenario. I mean, the, the bigger guys, Delta, United, American, you know, look. They may not be able to get you there either, but they have a little bit more. They have a few more tricks up their sleeve or a few more uh, pieces to play with to possibly make some adjustments and get to get you to where you need to go compared to the low cost guys. So it's like I said, it kind of goes back to you know what you value most, your time or your money. But uh, chances are, you know, a lot of times, you know, you, you may get lucky flying the low-cost guys, and I, I, you know, I'm not going to knock them. Sometimes I will go for it because it's, uh, you know, it's like, all right, well, if I get delayed, I'll look at, you know, what what flights they got on a given day, and they do have maybe a second flight scheduled that day that if something happens with the first one, well, then I'll get on that second one. You have to kind of do your due diligence 
I think, if you're going to uh, fly those guys. And, uh, you know, you know things could go south on you. And that, that may be a lot more extra work that people don't want to put into their travel. I don't know. How, how do you do that too, Dennis? Or is that, do you think, you think that's kind of like a, a pilot thing that we do? We're more, uh, you know, where we, we overly plan. It's in our DNA, maybe. Well, actually, you know, most of the travel that I do, I'm kind of on a fixed deadline. I'm either traveling to meet with a customer or I have to be back in a certain amount of time. So I, I tend to overlook the low cost carriers because they don't normally work out um, for my schedules. Um, right. That, that being said, I have used, you know, like Sun Country, for instance, because they've got, you know, nonstops between Minneapolis and Fort Myers. And when you have to go home and get your Mooney because you just moved cross country and you can get on a flight, you know, the same day for, you know, 80 bucks, you take that. Sure. But, uh, you know, if I'm absolutely have to be there, though, I've found that Delta has been, you know, for me, far more reliable out of Fort Myers. Uh, you know, I've, I've tried some other carriers and I've had them cancel flights on me and they were talking mainline carriers. So, sure, you know, your your odds are, you know, it's a crapshoot either way, whether you go with one of the big three or you go with the you know, economy carrier, you you have to stay on top of it because, you know, things are going to get canceled and shuffled. And Yeah, especially you know. right now. I mean, it's just nuts uh, with so many flights being canceled or delayed or, you know, lack of uh, pilots or, you know, like I said, the excuses they're coming up with. Well, you look at the numbers, ridiculous. Boeing is saying they need, they're, they're predicting a, a need of like 600,000 pilots by 2045. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're looking out 20 some years down the road, basically the life cycle of the current airplane, if they were to sell it. Right. Uh, you know, so what, what can we do to fix that? We've got to get not just pilots, but we need mechanics. There's a, a just as severe of a shortage there. Uh, Congress is actually looking at, like I suspected, uh, they're looking at raising the retirement age to 67. Mm-hmm. They have just recently moved it to 65, but that's two more years that we can have qualified, capable captains in these airplanes. So that's going to hopefully kick the can a little bit farther down to give us two more years to bring in more people into the field. Maybe you'll finally get your license. You know, every little bit's going to help here. Sure. Yeah, well, when I get my license, I'll be flying uh, private. You'll be ready for retirement. <laughs> well, okay, that's a different issue. But yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is, I got a big trip coming up at the end of the month, and uh, the way the schedules are and the way the the commercial flights have been, I'm flying out the day before because I got to leave the country and get out to the West Coast first. And I was like, if I try to do this, you know, in one full swoop and they cancel a flight, I'm stuck. And uh, I, I don't want to have my my layover even if it was like eight hours, if I get, uh, you know, you know I, 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 that would be a disaster. So I'm flying out the day before. I'm going to have to pay for a hotel and the whole thing. But, you know, I had to kind of, you, you got to filter or figure that kind of stuff in right now. And that it's making it a little bit more challenging for everybody. Well, and, maybe uh, we need to look at it differently. Maybe that's what we should plan on doing instead of, you know, this constant rush and hoping that the machine works absolutely perfectly. We take the Northern Pacific or the Iceland Air strategy of fly into a, the, you know, the main hub airport and maybe spend a day of vacation and looking around. So you're going to go fly to the West Coast. Right. Going to go to LA, go yep. get an In-N-Out burger, yep. go take in a show, meet mm-hmm. some friends and people, go see Vinny's uh, new pumpkin or whatever right. it might be. <laughs> exactly. But you can uh, you can spend a little time out there and take it easy. You've got two 
two one, uh, easy trips instead of trying to make connections and that yeah. chaos of trying to make it to the, from one gate to another when the flight's delayed and all that stress. You got to schedule be just easier. a little uh, headroom. But, you know, on the other side, that's what makes air travel so uh, appealing is that you can get there faster and quicker. And, uh, you know, it seems like right now it's becoming a little less uh, reliable and making things more difficult. So you, you got to weigh all these different things. And, you know, whether you fly the low-cost carriers or not, uh, it doesn't matter with seat size. I think they all need to make their, their seats wider and bigger. I'm a big fan of that. So let's hope the FAA steps up and accommodates uh, all these American fat asses. And I uh, include myself in that, by the way. <laughs> in, in the meantime, there is a solution to that problem, Greg. It's yeah. called first class. Oh, I, was, I thought you were going to say diet. Uh, you know, I was like, I'm already hey, doing yeah. keto. What do you want from me? There's only so much yeah. we could do here. True, true. Just make the seats bigger because uh, there ain't much else we can do. The diet's not really working anyway. More coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I am actually a flight instructor right now. Okay. So would you want to learn how to fly? I don't know if I would trust me. What got you into it? I've always kind of liked aviation. I like travel. I wanted to do something different. Do you like traveling? I do really like it. I want to do more of it. Yeah. But if I can get some frequent flyer miles or whatever, if you can hook me up, you got the hook up? You have to befriend a pilot. I don't know. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that is me. We are Team Rachel because she is a flight instructor. She's on the Bachelorette, one of the two Bachelorettes vying for love uh, right now. Dennis has been watching it religiously and pulling for her. And I don't know if you're with me on this, but you, you've seen her so far. And I got to say... Uh, she's coming off way too emotional, and I know we're going to get hate mail for me saying that, but man, come on, Rachel, snap out of it. She, she's afraid the the bachelors don't love her. Uh, they're, they're all going to the other bachelorette. You do realize that you're the only one that cares? Lies! 
Come on, Dennis, just fess up. I know you watch it religiously. I was hoping you'd forgotten about it because you missed it last week. Yeah. So, Well, I don't know. I'm hoping that she'll turn a corner and start to find love. But they keep showing the previews of her broken down crying that doesn't work and all for the radio, drama. Though. What do you mean? It doesn't work for ratings. You got to have the drama. So that's why they're drumming all that crap well, up. Well, I know, but she's a flight instructor. She's one of us. She's a pilot and she's representing our community. And I, I'm pulling for her. I want her to find love, but I don't want her to be you know, like a emotional mess, which is. Why does she do it like every other pilot does? So far. You know, yeah. find another pilot instead of going on a TV show. Well, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Is that a, is that a good team? Should you have two uh, pilots in the relationship? Or just one? Well, talk to John and Martha King. It seems to work for them well, for years. Well, that's true. I, I guess it just depends on who you talk to. Yeah, they're a good uh, duo. But I've heard other pilots, you know, say, uh, yep, yep, no, no, only one pilot in the family allowed. So I guess it just well, depends on your experience. You got Captain Tom. He was a captain and his wife is a flight attendant. So Well, yeah, some know. of them meet that way. You know, that's better than going on some freaking TV show. I mean, it's <laughs> Maybe that's what Rachel should have done. She should have given up the TV uh, uh, thing and and just uh, hopped on some planes and and you know did a whole little you know bump into a stewardess or a pilot that way. I don't know, but anyway, uh, we'll keep monitoring it and watching it so you don't have to. That's what we do here, just plain. Radio. I appreciate that. Yeah. So uh, the other thing is, you know, if if you, you don't like flying commercial, which obviously we've kind of uh, described a couple reasons why it's very, very difficult right now. You want to fly private. Who doesn't, right? I mean, even Elvis, even the king uh, flew private back in the day. And uh, they just auctioned off his personal jet. Is that right? Yeah, he had a Lockheed Jetstar that actually has been parked on the ramp in New Mexico for 30 years. And they said it's exactly as he had last flown in it. Wow. So it was kind of like a, a time, time capsule. capsule. Yeah. 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 Time capsule minus uh, some engines and all of the instruments in the panel. But, you know, yeah. uh, everything else interior wise was exactly as the king had last flown it. Uh, you know, the red shag carpet, vel- velvet seats, exactly what you would expect out of the king of rock and roll. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh, how it ended up in New Mexico and in that kind of shape is anybody's guess. The fact that it was auctioned off this past week. Uh, and to coincide probably with the new Ellis movie <laughs> or, or the fact that what it just came on, uh, on streaming or some services. Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. Just available for home video now. Yeah. I mean, it looks interesting if you're into Elvis in the King, who, who is it? Thank you very much. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't understand how this plane ended up in New Mexico for 30 years and, uh, was just left to rot. I mean, it's like this is a piece of uh, Elvis history. I, I can't believe this isn't parked out on the lawn at Graceland or something. Well, you know, you know and, and just the fact that a personal jet was just left to sit. I mean, you know how distraught I was for six months while we were getting the engine overhauled on the Mooney. Yeah. It's like my plane's in the garage and it's not flying. How can you leave an airplane in the desert for 30 years? Right. You know, you, I mean, that's not exactly uh, an inexpensive piece of equipment to just no. abandon like that. Well, not just that. I mean, I saw the pictures. I mean, yeah, the outside of the plane looks rough. But the inside, well, yeah. some of the inside pictures, are like, wow, it really is a time capsule. You got the red velvet kind of thing going on that Elvis was known for, I guess. And uh, it looked kind of, you know, I mean, obviously it's a little dated. 
but it actually looked in pretty good shape on the inside. For, yeah, for slap the uh, slap side. some gauges in it, throw some engines. It looks like you could probably go take it out. You know, yeah. minus the fact that it's got thirty years of sun and heat baking down on it. That probably everything rubber in it needs to be replaced. Well, from the tires and the exactly. hoses and fuel tanks. If you but, walked by, you would you would not think this was a plane of uh, interest whatsoever. But uh, evidently, they they said, "Oh yeah, this is the Kangs. These are the Kangs. Hell for pressing a private uh, private jet." 30 years ago, he parked him right here, and then he went and had himself a peanut butter and banana sandwich, and uh, we never saw him again, or at least not uh, outside of online chat chat rooms. <laughs> but that's a whole different thing, right? Yeah. But, uh, no, but, yeah. he just went home, remember, from Men in Black. Yeah, okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, well, I mean, the, so the thing sold for, like, what, a half a mil? Is that what Half it a million dollars. Yeah, I think they originally thought they were going to get between two and three, but just the fact that, you know, an abandoned uh, Lockheed Jetstar, which wasn't a very common airframe, yeah, uh, went, wound up going for a half a million dollars. Still think it's pretty impressive. So hmm. I don't know what they're going to do. Make a food truck out of it, I think was your suggestion. Uh, you know, yeah, I was like, what, I don't what do you know. do with a jet that old that uh, can't needs, fly you know, it, has no engines, <laughs> you know, so you're going to have to get engines for it. All new avionics uh, if you expect to fly this thing. So whoever got it, I would imagine they're going to load it up on a truck, fix it up. Turn it into something, and and I, you know, during the commercial break, I told Dennis, I said, yeah, man, turn it into a restaurant. He goes, oh, it's not big enough for that. I said, well, a food truck. That was his food truck, which is a plane. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean. I've heard yeah. of worse ideas. Yeah. I mean, you could turn it into some kind of tourist trap in Vegas. Put it at Arcadia for Taco Tuesday. Yeah, or or Graceland. Bring it up there and do okay. something with it. But, uh, I, I mean, I would want to check it out if someone got a hold of it and fixed it up it'd be kind of a cool piece of memorabilia wouldn't it yeah i suspect it's going to be more of a static display somewhere that you'll be able to go inside and view it. it'll be roped off you can look and see where elvis sat as he was flying to las vegas for his latest gig or whatever it might have been right but it is uh remarkable that the, this this plane even exists and it kind of makes you wonder how much more stuff out, out there is like this i mean if you were to come across Something like in your flight park that you found out, hey, this was owned by President so-and-so or some famous person, and it was like in someone's backyard and, and rusted and everything. Would you try to snag something like that and say, hey, you I bet I would. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how that happens, honestly. Well, but they have, I mean, it keeps happening. Uh, a number of years ago, EAA made news because they were... Um, happened to do some research at Basler, which is a company that converts the old DC-3s yeah. um, into a turbine-powered airplane. Well, one of the fuselages that was sitting in their boneyard that they, you know, had waiting to, you know, convert, turns out it was a D-Day. It was the lead ship from the D-Day mission. Uh, it was called That's All Brother. Hmm. And it was sitting right there, this piece of history. And all of a sudden, you know, that all this interest was generated to, you know, get that bird put back together and get it flying. And now I think it's down in San Marcos, Texas with the, uh, the commemorative air force and right. it led the, led the charge across to D day again when the, on the 45th anniversary or whatever, 80th, whatever it was most recent. Mm -hmm. Uh, so there's things like that that crop up all the time. I mean, we've got some, you know, gate guards here in the air park. I don't know what the history is on them, but we've got some old Angstrom helicopter sitting out there and there's a sailplane. I guess if we look into it, maybe there's something there. Well, but, I don't know. Maybe someone bought this thing and they're going to bring it back to life like an old war, war bird and, and sell tickets and, they'll, they'll, you know, get it restored, the whole thing. I mean, you think Elvis is worth it? Well, Hollywood <laughs> thought so. <laughs> Yeah, they, they just had the movie, right. 
So who There's knows? There's a renewed interest, a whole other generation. Right. I'm sure if he's here, he's there. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We got more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Whoa, kill the motor, dude. Let us see what Squirt does flying solo. This is Just Playing Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, Law Captain Dennis, navigating the latest aviation news and information. Okay, so if you can't afford um, Elvis's plant, well, actually, it was already bought. So unless the people who bought it last week are going to fix it up and sell it again, you're out of luck. Uh, but, you know, maybe there's some other stuff uh, you want, you can pick up as a pilot or, or just kick back and wait for technology to take over and solve all the problems us pilots have. And so we have a couple stories that kind of fall into that latter category. Uh, one involves uh, birds with laser beams or laser beams shooting birds out of the sky. What? It's the it's the latter, but I like oh, to, okay. you know more of the uh, Austin Powers uh, right. birds with freaking laser beams. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was sharks, and uh, I know, but we have to birds. adapt a little bit. Yeah, if it was birds, that would be like the uh, you know end of time uh, sign of the apocalypse if birds had lasers. But uh, but they're going to use lasers around airports to shoot down birds to like cut them in half. <laughs> what no, is that going probably on? wouldn't go over so well with the uh, the uh, humane society and people like that. But what they are doing is they've uh, developed a system using cameras and AI. You know, you're, you're hearing some of these uh, common themes here using AI for everything, but. Uh, basically, they can use the cameras and image recognition to identify birds, and they can target them with a non-lethal laser that, you know, a little flash of light enough to distract them and keep them away. So mm. uh, it's just another novel way of preventing airplanes from impacting birds around big airports. Well, how are they doing this, though? Are they they're flashing the laser at, at them and blinding them? <laughs> I mean, how... Do we know exactly what the laser does to the bird or just start? Uh, my guess is it's, it's just targeting them with a, a bright light that they see. And that causes them to turn away because, you know, obviously they want to avoid, uh, you know, being somebody else's lunch. And so you get that flash of light and that's how all of these things work. You know, you've got on the top of a building, they've got those little, uh, like a little windmill that spins around and little shiny flashes. It's enough to distract them and scare them away and keep them from wanting the nest on top of the building. Mm, okay. Kind of the same thing. Yeah. But as these guys are flying through, you know, if they're flying through the, uh, the runway corridor and they see the, the little shape of the bird, in the camera, the, they can actually aim the laser right at the bird and hopefully startle him and get him to peel off and away and keeping the corridor clear. And if he doesn't, uh, well, the then next the, laser the, the big comes. Hoover engine that's on yeah. the back of the 737 will just suck him right up. Well, but then that okay. gets expensive for all involved. You know? Right. 
Yeah, the bird's was, committed at that point. I, I could. I, I was going to say maybe they just set it up where the first laser is a warning shot, and if that doesn't work, then the second, the second laser, one's McNuggets. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it just takes them out. But uh, I don't know. I mean, they have a problem with all the laser beams already. If this thing was shooting up in the sky at a bird, and couldn't that you know create a problem for airplanes too? I don't know. They probably figured that part out. I guess. Well, that's the whole point of having the camera-driven system and AI. You know, they're yeah. not aiming at the airplanes that are coming in. They're aiming at the birds. Mm-hmm. And there are some aviation systems out there that are already using lasers to target pilots. Um, if you take a look at the training that you have to do if you want to fly around the Washington, D.C. flight rules area, yeah, one of the things that they teach you about is that there is a uh, a series of lasers on the ground they're red and blue lasers and that if you're approaching that area and you didn't get your clearance or don't have your transponder code or whatever they will light those up to warn you that you're approaching the ring and you're not supposed to be there hmm. so uh those is, is are, it like uh you know predator where you see the little red dot <laughs> no it's not cock- the three <laughs> dots on your forehead but <laughs> yeah. uh you know these red and blue dot lasers are aimed you know, with cameras to actually track your airplane so you it's hard to ignore yeah. Uh, so it's it's a way to let you know that you're about to make a mistake and you might want to turn away before things escalate mm-hmm. and we have to start sending fighter jets at you or helicopters or whatever. Right. So and those lasers are safe for pilots, but the little handheld ones, I mean, you can get some pretty powerful uh, laser beams off of Amazon. And, you know, if you aim it right into the pilot's eyes, uh, it can blind them. Yeah. And that's not good. Well, I mean, I would think the the little red dot thing. You know, like on the all of a sudden you're you're flying along and you see a little red dot on the side of the cockpit and you're like, uh oh, duck. Yeah, and uh, I, that would get your attention, I think, too. So, but but this is really for them to track, not necessarily to alert the pilot or a combination of both. It's both. I mean, it's literally to alert the pilot, and they track the airplane as it's heading towards the uh, flight restricted area there. Right, and so they can keep that laser aimed right at the air. So there, there's no excuse. You can't not see it. Is what mm-hmm. they're trying to say. Yeah. Well, I would think you know that with the technology the way it is, and maybe those heads up displays, they just project something on your windshield, like, "Hey, dummy, turn away now." Well, <laughs> you know that's not a bad. Uh, cockpit format you know if we can somehow do that uh imagine what else we could do you know put your four flight display right up on the window instead of having to look down into your lap mm-hmm. uh you know airspeed information right out the window we're we're trying to get there yeah well see you know i i i get the ideas they just project you know like that scene from back to the future too where where jaws jumps off the marquee in 3d like a laser thing uh, you remember, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that no, scene? I know exactly what you're talking yeah, just about. Just have yes. that. Uh, they can do that from the ground and project like, you know, a big wall. Do not penetrate this wall. You're in restricted airspace and just project it in they front of you. And have a shark jumping up at you. Yeah, that would be uh, for better effect for sure. You know, like, uh, but, but, but you know, th- it could happen. Yeah, th- that could uh, be I imagine we'll see it over Disney's theme park first, you know. Probably, probably. Yeah. But I don't know. AOPA is jumping in on the, the bandwagon. They're trying to... I don't know, uh, identify problems before they happen? This sounds like sci-fi. What's going on with this? Well, that actually isn't AOPA. That's actually the FAA. Oh, the FAA is doing this. You know, they're trying to become more predictive. You know, all of these rules and regulations we have are usually written after somebody does something dumb. Right. And what they're trying to do is with all of this information that we keep giving them and the data that they're collecting and gathering, Mm -hmm. uh, they're trying to find trends and patterns and predict problems 
and try to eliminate those risks before they become an incident. So they identify the characteristics of a particular pilot and like, oh boy, we can't let this guy fly. I have no chance is what you're telling me right now. It's not looking good for you, Greg. Okay. See, that's what I was afraid of. But but no, I mean, are they analyzing uh, personality traits and pilots, or is this all like I don't I don't know what are, what are they looking at exactly? No, I think they're looking more at patterns. Um, you know, as they gather things like maintenance reports or at NASA aviation safety things, they start combing through all of that data, and if they start seeing a pattern of, hey, we're seeing a lot of the same thing at the same airport or with the same type of airplanes having the same problem, they want to be able to try to proactively reach out to the communities and try to address that problem before it becomes an incident, an accident, a violation. Uh-huh. So it, it's it's kind of the minority report type of a thing. You know, we've got a precog out there and we're going to we're going to predict that you're going to do something. We're going to ground you before you ever have a chance to do it. Hmm. In your case. Yep. That's probably going to happen. Right. And I, I, I um, I'm, I'm very conflicted with this. <laughs> But that's just me, I guess. No, I mean, it's no different than, I guess, uh, you know, when when they try to decide, you know, what, what type of route they're going to build, a, you know, interstate or intersection down on the roads. They kind of, like, take all those factors into place and, like, how can we make this as safe as possible kind of thing by looking at patterns and things, right? Exactly. I mean, it, it could be something, and this is a hypothetical, but maybe they take all of the ADSB data that they've got. And they start running through and they look at an airplane that went to this airport, this airport, and this airport. And then they call you up and say, hey, did you make sure you put fuel in? Because we saw that you had three hours of fuel burned out of your airplane and you just filed a flight plan for six hours. We just want to make sure. You know, mm. it could wind up getting to that point. I don't know. That would be really intrusive. But on the other hand, what is one of the most common causes of engine failures in general aviation airplanes? Running out of fuel. Lack of fuel. Right. So it's a stretch and I'm literally making that up, but it's an example of where we could wind up going hmm. at some point. I like the uh, 3D projection type of stuff into into space. Just put it out there. Like if you need to alert a, a pilot in the sky, like, hey, you're getting too close. Back off. Well, it's uh, like a giant shark or God knows hey, what else. Instrument approaches could become a whole lot easier if they just there project those boxes and right. we fly the ILS through the holograms, right? See, it could happen. It's the future. Embrace it. And on that note, we'll wrap it up. Till next time, remember, there's no better high than learning to fly. Just Plain Radio is brought to you by JustPlainRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plain Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlainRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plain Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far across the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com.